0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Flush. I'm your host, Hiva, and it is the second Tuesday of the month, which means one thing and one thing only. Well, does it mean one thing and one thing only? (laughs) It does mean that we are doing an Am I the Asshole episode, which is Quickly becoming one of your favorite episodes, and by one of your favorite episodes, I actually mean one of my favorite types of episodes. Um, I just think that they're so fun because we get to cover a variety of topics. That's why I love the Am I the Asshole and the Q&A episodes, because we're not tethered to one topic for an hour of just me rambling like an animal for a full hour. (laughs) <laughs> not entirely sure what I mean by rambling like an animal because animals are low-key famous for not having vocal cords but you know what's crazy monkeys I believe are smart enough to talk like they you can teach them sign language I believe I believe look it up verify that but they can't actually learn to speak because they literally don't have vocal cords. Like, we're the only animal with vocal cords. Like, it's just crazy to me that animals must communicate with each other, right? You know what? I, okay, phantom tangent that I had no intentions of going on, but I have my dog, Samantha, right? And many, many years ago, Samantha had a very close friend named Violet, And Violet's owner and I were really close friends also. We will call her Lily. And I loved Lily. Like I, from the very first time I met her, I was like, wow, this girl is so hot. She's so cool. She's so funny. She's so fun to be around. Like I can't believe that she is even talking to me She's even acknowledging my presence Like she's like the coolest girl I've ever been friends with Like how did I dupe this chick Into thinking that I'm good enough To be friends with And we become really good friends And our dogs fucking love each other Like the way that Sam was upset. Obsessed with Violet, obsessed with Violet. And we'd go to the dog park multiple times a day. So we'd always see each other. And then we like lived in we lived like two blocks away from each other. So we were like constantly hanging out. And she was recently single um in a really bad breakup. And she would talk about it a lot, how it was really draining. And she um, you know, she had a really, really, really hard time with a breakup. And Everything was great. Where am I going with this? Oh, oh, okay. I remember. So one time when we had another friend in our neighborhood, we will call him Wesley. Um, So Lily, Wesley, and I used to hang out a lot. And by we had another friend, I actually met Wesley through Lily, which is important, but not so much for today's story. Who knows? Maybe I'll talk about these people later because there is so fucking much to unpack here. Anyway, one time the three of us were hanging out at my apartment. Wesley and I were smoking and Lily was just hanging out with us. And Violet and Samantha were playing. Oh, and a little bit of backstory. So I remember one time I was talking to Lily about squeaky toys and she's like oh have you ever seen the kind that has the switch where you can make it stop squeaking so basically there are these dog toys dog owners PSA, where um it's a squeaky toy, but then if you flip the switch, it's just like a little slidey kind of switch. Basically, it opens a hole for air so that when the dog then squeezes it, the air comes out so it doesn't squeak anymore. So you can turn it on and off. So if you're, you know, on a work call or something, you can make it so that it doesn't squeak, but then later you can make it squeak again. And Lily said like, oh, I've been buying these for Violet ever since she was a kid and she fucking loves them. So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So I order some from for Sam and within a week or so, Sam learned how to flip the switch. So if I turn the squeaker off, Sam would turn it back on. The little cunt that she is. and So I remember I was talking about it with Lily. She's like, oh, how do you like those toys? And I was like, oh, they're sick. Except Sam learned so quickly how to turn them back on. And she's like, really? Because that's weird. Because Violet has had them for years, like her entire life. And she's never turned them on and off. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe maybe my dog's smarter than yours, not to brag. Um, I'm just kidding. I did not say that to her. How cringe is it when the parents just fucking love to talk about how smart and how advanced their kids are and some of the shit that they brag about like I even the way my mom will talk about me when I was a kid like oh you you started walking when you were nine months and you started speaking when you were a year and you started speaking in complete sentences with perfect grammar at a year and three months did I really mom because I still don't have grammar that's all that great now at 35 so I just have a hard time believing that I had perfect grammar at a year and three months like did I regress is it all the drugs I did in my 20s probably actually (laughs) that's probably what happened I probably was like some kind of fucking genius and then I destroyed it all (sighs) you know what I actually think I killed more brain cells having an eating disorder than I think I did via drugs so take that dare class Either way, I'm a fucking idiot now. So <laughs> like none of this is brag worthy. <laughs> okay, let's move right along. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, like literally if you're talking to someone who has kids, I'm telling you all you need to do for them to like you is just talk about how advanced their kids are. That's my only talking point. Oh my God, so advanced. Wow, so advanced. So advanced, so advanced. Your kid is so advanced. Wow, so advanced. You must be doing something Really right. Parents fucking soak that shit up. Their kid could be a half moron, and they'll be like, "No, I know." So advanced, so advanced. Okay, <laughs> moving right along. So, so Lily's like, "Yeah, um you know, Violet has never turned the squeaker back on." But blah blah blah. By the way, just going back to the kids and so advanced. I just want to say, knowing myself, like I not only self-deprecate, but if we are close enough, I will start teasing you, not because I'm teasing you, but because we are so close that I now consider you to be a part of me. So instead of like self-deprecating, I'm now going to make fun of you, but it's kind of part of self-deprecating. Does that make any sense? So I just know whenever I pop out a little demon seed, it's going to be like like the way, like the way other people talk about their kids, it's going to be the polar opposite for me. Like this fucking idiot can't even crawl yet. And I'm really worried that I'm going to traumatize my child all in the name of being cel- like all in the name of a style of humor. Like it's so fucked up. Okay. Anyway, going back. So, uh, and you know how I know we're we're right back. We're right back. <laughs> um, you know how I know. By the way, if you have issues with how many tangents there are in this podcast, you probably don't have ADHD. So congratulations. Go find yourself a healthier podcast to listen to. This really is the ADHD diaries over here. Like if you can't follow, just just go like every other show has a linear order. Okay. There are plenty for you to choose from. This probably isn't for you. Okay, anyway. So, oh, you know how I know how I would do that? Because I I make fun of my dog in the same way. I make fun of my partner in the same way. That's how I know I would do that. Okay, anyway, so going back to the story. So um, Lily's like, yeah, Violet has had them for years. Like she's never turned the squeaker back on, whatever. So back to the original story I'd laid out. So Lily... Uh, what did we call him? Wesley and I are hanging out at my apartment. Wesley and I are smoking pot. Um, Sam and Violet are playing with each other. I probably should have given a fake name to Violet. Then again, I I hung Chad out to dry. Is that a hung out to dry, right? Yeah, you you hang things to dry, right? Like you hang things. To like that's what they gave you of wet clothes. You is that where the expression comes from? Does it even make sense in context? What exactly does the expression mean? Should we do that as part of our word of the week? If I ever get through the story, if at any point during the rest of 2023 I finish the story, maybe Hung Out to Dry will be in our, you know what, we should start doing expressions of the week because I have a harder time with expressions than I do with words and I think that's part of English being my third language, not to brag, you would never think it because my accent's perfect, (laughs) I guess I didn't kill that many brain cells, okay, (laughs) this is, so fucking cringe <laughs> like how are we this sideways already okay so the three of us plus the two dogs are hanging out in the tiniest room in my apartment which was the room that we called the smoke room and the way this fucking room was engineered oh my god there was a fan uh, like a fan in the window but like a fan that sucks the air out of the room and blows it outside the window and then there would be a fan on the other side of the room so basically it would be like the window fan us smoking in front of the window fan and then there was a fan behind us that was shoving the air aka smoke towards the window fan and then the window fan was sucking and taking it out there were door stoppers under the door so that the smoke couldn't go anywhere else in the apartment I mean I was psycho about smoke okay anyway it's so funny because like weed was literally legal in dc while all this was going down like that just speaks to my mental health issues and just like absolute terror with being In trouble for anything, which is shocking because now I'm on a podcast talking about like my vagina and my history of drug use and every other shitty thing I've ever done in my life, which there's so much of. In fact, we should do a full podcast episode about my evolution as a human being because something you might not know about me is I used to work in conservative policy. Now, libertarian more so like I was never really conservative conservative but like fuck I used to be a fucking asshole okay anyway I'm not anymore I'm, I just want to say I'm like very progressive and you know um I would say woke but it is a culturally appropriated word and I think that would negate the entire point that I'm trying to make okay Back to this fucking never ending story. I I swear tomorrow morning, we're still going to be here trying to wrap up the story. Okay. The three of us are hanging out. The two dogs were in the room. Um, Wesley and I are smoking. Lily is not smoking. And by the way, No, no, we are not going to do another tangent in the middle of this story. Wesley and Lily are two of my favorite names. So I just want to say to these two people, if you ever happen to listen to the podcast and know that I'm talking about you, I gave you two of the most wonderful names that exist on the face of the planet. So... That's all I want to say. Okay, so at some point we look down because there's a lot of shuffling going on with the dogs. And we're like, what the fuck is that? Like, what's happening? And so we look and they're playing with said toy that has the squeaker on and off switch. Right. And Violet has the toy and Sam is kind of above her, kind of like, guiding her. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? And Violet has her mouth around the switch and Sam keeps like maneuvering her. And so we start joking. We're like, is Samantha teaching Violet how to turn the squeaker on and off? And we're like, nah, there's no way. There's no way that's what's happening, right? We keep watching. We keep watching. We're like, no, that's That's literally, that's literally, that seems to be what's happening. I mean, this shit is going on for a long time, right? So we're just standing there. We're observing why we didn't whip out our phones to record it. I will never know. And it is probably my biggest regret in life. Like, it's not all the drugs I did in my 20s. It's not the eating disorder. It's not all the brain cells that I killed. It's not going to law school and then barely using that degree. It's not the wasting all this money on an MBA program. It's not, you know, not studying math. It's not, although I do really regret that. It's not not being a ballerina, although I do really regret that. Probably my biggest regret in my entire life is not filming what I'm about to tell you. So we're sitting there, we're watching, Violet keeps working at it, Sam's on top of her, encouraging her, nudging her, moving her, maneuvering her, until fucking finally, Violet turns the switch on, and the way that Sam is just wagging her tail, dying of excitement, licking all of Violet's face, her body, just like so fucking excited for her, congratulating her, they're celebrating, and we're sitting there in awe watching my dog teach a less smart dog. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. How to turn this the squeaker on a toy. And frankly, if there weren't two other people with me in there observing this whole thing go down. I would have thought that I lost it. I truly would have been like, oh, I've fully gone crazy. I mean, we all saw this happening. We all saw it coming. And here we are. I have now gone fucking crazy. But there are two people who were in the room who watched the whole thing who can verify that this happened. Now, why did I tell this whole story? I don't know. I truly could not. T- did I did I kind of use that expression like can't teach an old dog new tricks? Is that where this came from? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I did say that literally couldn't tell you. Um, I know the point of the story was that Sam. Ta- oh, communication. OK. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it. Samantha taught Violet how to do this thing with the toy. So clearly there was communication, and it's it's yeah, this this was a really long story with truly no purpose. Okay, let's just transition to another long story with truly no purpose. So I started going to Solid Core. If you're not familiar with Solid Core, it's one of those designer workout classes that's like literally $40 a class. Like I'm sorry, the audacity. Can we just take a full moment and talk about $40 a class? Are you out of your fucking mind? Like that shit is low-key insulting. That's all I have to say. It's low-key fucking insulting. Um, did I start going? Yes, did I immediately after class one sign up for an annual unlimited membership. Yes, yes, I did. Have I proceeded to make solid core my entire fucking personality? Yes, yes, I have. So, yeah, I started going to solid core um and by started going, I mean, I went once and I've been almost every single day since then. Like literally the other day one of the coaches was like, "Have you been here like every day?" And I was like, "Almost." And she's like, "Stop coming. Everyone hates you." Go. No, she did not say that, but I started going. I just wanted to try it. You know, you guys might remember last month I had Sam Cutler on the pod and she talked about it and how good of a workout it is. And she has a banging body. And like, it's not just like she's skinny because anyone can be skinny. She's fit. Like she's fucking strong. Like I saw her in person. She's a strong, strong girl. Like she works for that fucking body. And I was like, I'll try anything, she says. (laughs) Like, literally. (laughs) Like, she is my Regina George. Sam Cutler went to solid core, so I started going to solid core, but literally. So... I take one class, and it was the first time in a long time where I had been truly, truly challenged by a workout, and I was just obsessed with it, and I became sore later, and the thing is, I wasn't just sore in a surface level way, I was sore in a way that was like deep in my bones, like it's like my glutes were sore, but not just the outer part of the glutes, it was like all the way on the inside, it was like by my tailbone, it was like by my asshole, like the part of my glute that's by my asshole, like so deep, Deep, so deep in the muscles that it's like practically working out my sphincter. And quite frankly, <laughs> maybe I should be doing more stretches for the sphincter rather than strengthening it because some could argue it's already too strong. I don't know. Anyway, I proceeded to make it my entire fucking personality. I'm obsessed with it. Like I said, I go almost every day. Um, I do worry that I probably made one of the worst financial decisions of my life by signing up for an annual (laughs) unlimited membership. Here's the thing. If I go 16 times or more per month, then we're Gucci. We're good. It'll be worth the money. If I go less than 15 times a month, I would have been better off getting a different type of membership that wouldn't be the unlimited membership. So we're really trying to avoid that outcome. They are doing a challenge right now in December. It's between December 3rd to December 17th. If you go six or more times, then you get a free solid core beanie. And if you go 10 or more times, then you get a free solid core um, crew neck. I've already been 6 times so I'm at least going to get a beanie, but obviously I'm gunning for the crew neck, but what I'm actually going to do is once they give me the crew neck, I'm going to be like, "Can I have the beanie too?" And they'll probably say no, but here's a little life hack. Ask. You'd be shocked at how much free shit I've gotten just by asking. Literally just by asking. You'd be shocked. Like people will give you like I think people are just so blown away by the audacity that they're kind of like, "Yeah, I yeah I guess like are you okay like have you never spoken to people to which I will say yeah I pretty much have not actually I destroyed all my brain cells in my 20s so (laughs) okay um (laughs) solid core yeah it's quickly become my entire personality and here's something that's interesting so I've always had this like image of solid core I first heard about solid core like a full decade ago almost almost a full decade ago um, this girl that I worked with at an in her Internship while I was in law school went to solid core, and she not only had the best body, but she was also like really fucking cool. And there is this kind of stereotype in my head of like the type of girls who go to solid core, which is not how I feel about myself at all. Like they're like cool, trendy, like whatever type of girls. And I feel like this weird ogre who only wears all white, like she's in some kind of fucking cult. Like, have you ever guys, have you guys, did I say, have you ever guys? Have you guys ever, (laughs) you know, when you're so excited that you just can't like, it's like you're like, have you ever been so excited that you basically are running somewhere and then you stumble over your feet because you're just like so fucking excited? That's how I am with my words right now. Like, I'm so excited about this episode that quite frankly, I don't know when we're ever going to get to the content because I seem to just be taking you on bizarre tangents that have nothing to do with anything. Um... Like that 45-minute story, 45-minute long story I told about the dog. Anyway, um, have you guys ever, and what was I trying to say? Have you guys ever, what? Literally, what? Solid core? I don't know. I don't, I, I literally don't fucking know what I was trying to say. But yeah, I just had this like image of like solid core kind of girls in my head and like what I wouldn't give to be that type of bitch. But like, I don't really feel like that. And my first time going, I just like wanted to like crawl and hide. And it just reminded me of, you know, my first day of kindergarten. This actually may have been pre... Okay, in Germany, we do it backwards. So in Germany, we call... Um, the year before the first grade is preschool because it's pre like first grade is school. So the year before that is preschool and then before that is kindergarten. I believe in America you guys do preschool, then kindergarten, then elementary school. Opposite in Germany. Anyway, so my first day of preschool, which would have been the year before first grade in Germany, I switched school so I did kindergarten at a German kindergarten and then um and then we our parents switched us oh my god I'm so sorry if you heard like kind of a farting sound I just moved my arm and I guess I was really sweaty and it just created a bit of a sound (laughs) that's all that that was I wasn't farting um how good does like a really good fart feel okay okay oh my god ADHD diaries okay so um, our parents switched us to the international school, which is a private school where you're taught in English. So basically, when I went to kindergarten, I knew zero German because my parents only spoke to me in Farsi. And so I had to learn German. That year, it was super traumatizing. And then they switched us to the international school. And I had to start preschool there. And in the international schools, you're taught in English. So I, again, went in not knowing the language. It's like my parents just wanted to terrorize me. Guess what? For first grade, they switched me to to a mandarin school i'm just kidding that didn't happen but yeah it was it was it was hard and i have this one vivid image of my first day of preschool at the international school where these like I didn't speak the language and everyone else had well not everyone else but like most everyone else had been in priests in kindergarten at that school together so they already knew each other and I didn't know anyone so I come in new I don't know anyone I don't know the language and I just remember watching these two girls like running around and playing with something and they just looked like so cool and fun and I just wanted to be friends with them but like you know I didn't know the language and I didn't know how to communicate with them and I didn't know how to befriend them and I have this like very vivid image in my head and I feel like every time I do something new it's kind of reenacting that whole scenario right like I go into a new place I feel like everyone knows each other I don't know anyone and I don't know how to engage with anyone and I just feel like the awkward loser weird brown girl that's in the corner right. And so I go into solid core and it's 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 kind of feeling like that but I decided to do something different. At the time, they had like a gratitude wall up and there was one of those like Polaroids and I people were putting up note cards and saying things that they're grateful for and some people were putting photos up. So I was like, I'm not gonna be like a shrinking violet, a wallflower or whatever other flower analogy expression that we like to use for being shy. What the fuck is that? Like, I don't think of flowers as like energy being shy why are all these phrases about flowers neither here nor there so I grabbed the Polaroid, I took a selfie, I put a card up and I said, I'm grateful for my first solid core class. And I put it right up on that board because I was like, she is not doing fucking preschool again. okay? like I'm not going to sit and watch Leia and Elena run around and be cool girls and I don't fit in. I speak the language now. But here's the thing. This is such a real thing. Like Our brains are constantly reenacting scenarios that we know and that we're familiar with. Like this is not. So if you have an experience like that where you were being awkward and shy as a kid, You're probably replaying that over and over and over and over again throughout your life. And this actually came up for me. I had a hypnotism session with um, my girl Brittany. Hold on. Let me find her Instagram because it was I've done a lot of work with like hypnotism and stuff. And um, if you're in the Blush Academy, you're probably familiar that we do a lot of hypnotism stuff there. Um, Fuck, Okay, I'm going to have to go in my DMs. To make sure I got the right Instagram handle, I should have done this sooner. Yeah, okay. I don't. Oh, this is going to be so hard. Okay. So, what was I saying? Oh, Brittany Foot. Okay, her name is Brittany Foot. Let's find her Instagram handle. Come on, girl. That's not it. Oh, Why is this so hard? Okay, you know what, guys? I'm going to stop. No, that's not her. Okay, I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm just going to put a link to her Instagram in the show notes, okay? So I've done a lot of hypnotism work. If you're in the Blush Academy, you know, like, hypnotism is a big part of our process, and... um. While I think doing self-hypnosis like you would do in the Blush Academy is very accessible, right? Like doing a hypnotism session with a hypnotist is minimum 150 plus, whereas you can do the Blush Academy for like, 25 bucks a month and do unlimited self hypnotism. Nevertheless, having someone guide you through it, I think, is sometimes so helpful. And so we had this whole session planned and it was really kind of focusing on something else, but a lot of this type of stuff came up and that incident from kindergarten came up and we really talked about it and, you know, went through it and just like did a lot of healing and reprogramming around that. And Here's the thing. When you experience something that's kind of traumatic to your child brain, and a lot of things are traumatic to the child brain, because as children, we don't understand nuance. We don't understand gray gray area. We only see things as black and white. And we also internalize everything. And then on top of that, our subconscious mind is so forward. So we don't have the ability to consciously reject something. Like anything that happens, we fully internalize, it fully imprints in our subconscious mind and the younger we are, the more it imprints on our subconscious mind. And we also like assume responsibility for everything that happens and we can't see the nuance in it. Right. So we have these experiences. It imprints something in our brains and then our brains are just constantly unconsciously recreating the same scenarios because our brain's job isn't to make us happy. Our brain's job isn't to help us thrive. Our brain's only job actually is to keep us alive. And so our brain adapts to circumstances to keep us alive. And one thing that happens is if you experience something and it imprints something on your brain, your brain will unconsciously create that scenario over and over and over again, even if you fucking hated it, even if it was is like the worst thing ever because your brain is like well I experienced this and I know I can survive it because I survived it once and so I'm gonna seek out this thing that I know will keep me alive over the thing that I don't know that actually might help me thrive might help me be like the best thing ever but I'm not gonna risk it because it could fucking kill me you know so You have this kind of traumatizing, negative experience as a child, and then you keep having similar experiences throughout your life. So my entire life has been this series of feeling like an outsider, watching other people play and uh, interact and engage. And I feel like the person who's like almost invisible, it's sometimes like I'm like watching the world in a dreamlike state, but not fully there. And so I decided two things. Number one, I want to end the fucking cycle. So, well, pff, no that's all that's all I decided I didn't decide two things but here are two ways if you're experiencing something and it might not be the same thing it might not be you feeling shy and awkward and extra and different and um, not one of the tribe not part of the tribe your thing could be completely different but let's say you notice this trend in your life and you're like okay what the fuck do I do two things. Number 1, you have to go in and you have to do the subconscious work because all of this lives in your subconscious. So no amount of you sitting around and like doing like affirmations and sitting in the mirror and being like I'm great and I'm lovable and people love me and like I I'm not awkward and I'm not shy, I'm outgoing. That's not going to fucking do anything cuz guess what? Your brain is like, "Yeah, bitch." <laughs> Sure, sure, you think you're outgoing and fun? Guess what, Lena? Lena thought you were a fucking loser who didn't even speak the language. What now? So, (laughs) I love like how (laughs) aggressive my brain is, (laughs) which tracks actually. No amount of you sitting around doing affirmations is going to do shit. Save your fucking time. You could sit there and tell yourself that you're cool and you're lovable and you're confident and you're fun and you're funny till you're blue in the face. That's not going to change shit. If you have some kind of experience in your past that is showing your brain the opposite thing, so what do you do instead? You have to go into your subconscious mind and you have to truly erase the imprint that that incident left on your brain. And how do you do that? There's a lot of different mechanisms. Um, in the blush academy, what I really like is I adopt tools from EMDR, which is a type of um, trauma therapy that relies on bilateral stimulation so we do a lot of like tapping work like this if you're watching on video if you're not watching on video I can't help you it's an option you're choosing to not take it that's not really my fault <laughs> so <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> So. But there there are other ways like one thing I really like is when you're in that kind of hypnotic state whether you're working with a hypnotist like Brittany Foote whose Instagram account we don't know but we will it's gonna be in the show notes guys it's gonna be in the show notes <laughs> check her out like I had such a lovely experience with her honestly I'm not just saying this because I like her it I just wouldn't talk about it if I didn't like it, right? Or, or maybe I'd drag her, who knows? Maybe I'd call her Barbie and then drag her. Let's be real, you know how I operate. No, but it really was a great experience. Or if you're doing it on your own, like in the Blush Academy, or if you're in... um if you're, I mean, there are so many programs like Atara. I know does his own hypnotism work. Um, to be magnetic, there is the Deep Imaginings, which are hypnotism. There are so many hypnotism options, right? But basically, when your mind is malleable and suggestible like that, you. Give yourself a different experience because when you're in that deep hypnotic state, your mind is so suggestible and it experiences anything that you visualize as though it's actually happening. And so you can give yourself the experience of something different happening. I show up to preschool, first day of preschool, and I befriend Yelena and what's the other girl's name? Oh my God, what was her name? Yelena and whatever. Uh Leia, Leia and Yelena, right? Like, oh, um instead of by the way, it's pronounced Leia, not Leah. Oh, like like the princess kind. Okay. <laughs> like the princess kind. Um, but yeah, like, so I visualize myself first day of kindergarten, like actually really hitting it off with Leia and now, or just like approaching them and, you know, using sign language or whatever, or maybe in this fantasy version of things, I actually speak the same language as them and I can communicate. And listen, doing it one time is one thing. But when you repeat that type of thing over and over and over again, basically you're creating a new neural pathway instead of like the one where I'm the weird or the weird, the outside girl, the whatever. Instead, this time, I'm the girl that fits in. I'm the girl that makes friends effortlessly, easily. People want to be my friend, right? And then you keep repeating that. And it's like a bicep girl. You keep doing it over and over and over again. And then that neural pathway gets stronger. And eventually it gets stronger than the other neural pathway that's telling you you're a fucking loser. And then it can compete. And then your brain is like, oh, actually, like I, I've been calling in all these experiences that reaffirm that I'm a loser because that's what I've known historically. But now I have this much stronger neural pathway that says, like, I'm a cool ass queen and everyone wants to be my friend. So guess what? I'm going to start creating experiences that echo that. So that's step one, right? You have to do that deep subconscious work. But step two, and this is really fucking important, you have to do the conscious action steps because you can only hypnotize yourself so much, right? Like we're talking Talking like 20-30 minutes a day if you do it every day like I'm pretty consistent with this shit I don't know a whole lot of other people who are as consistent as I am with these types of things but like let's say you do it every day we're talking like what I was gonna say 1% of your day but that's not factually accurate um, I don't know 5% of your day I think is about right roughly 5% of your day like let's even say 10% of your day, that's a very small percentage of your day. The rest of the time you're walking around and you're looping on these same limiting beliefs. So you have to interrupt the beliefs and you have to do things differently. And that is why when I showed up day one and I saw that gratitude wall, I wanted to be a little shrinking violet and just like, you know, go about my thing and not ruffle feathers and not make myself known. Instead, I went in there, I introduced myself to people I took that fucking selfie and I looked like shit in the selfie, but I still put it up and I said I was grateful for my first class. And then after class, I went and I talked to the instructor and she told me that I questioned, not to brag, um... And then every single day that I've been back to solid core, which has been almost every day, I've made it a point to talk to at least one person. I've talked to the instructor either before or after class. I've talked to people around me. I've complimented people's workout sets. I've asked people questions. I have made it a point. Although, did I this morning? Did I talk to anyone? I know I talked to the instructor. Um... I don't know if I talked to anyone else, but I've made it a point to push myself outside of my comfort zone. So if you have something that is similar, again, it doesn't have to be this thing where you're insecure and you feel weird and you feel awkward. That's my thing. Your thing could be completely different. Whatever it is, you have to do the subconscious work. Without the subconscious work, nothing else is going to happen. But you have to complement that subconscious work with work on the conscious plane okay and now that I've wasted wasted (laughs) wasted approximately 40 minutes of time telling nonsense stories let's go ahead and get into the content for this week so we're gonna start with um the word of the week which is sumptuous I believe although I could have I could not be pronouncing it right let me look it up real quick okay sumptuous Sumptuous, yeah, I think it means splendid and expensive looking. Fuck yeah. Um, okay, let's click on it because I'd like it used in a sentence if possible. Let's go ahead and go to Merriam-Webster. Extremely costly, rich, luxurious, or magnificent. Guys, we have to use this fucking word this week. Did you know the word sumptuous typically describes things that can only be had at some significant expense, Um, Blah, blah, blah. I just want it used in a sentence. Okay. The cruise ship claims to offer sumptuous furnishings, exquisitely prepared cuisine, and stellar entertainment. Hot take. Nothing about a cruise ship is fucking sumptuous. Yachts, sumptuous. Cruise, trashy. And I'm not insulting you if you go on cruises. Live on. Go on with your trashy self. (laughs) No, I hear they're super fun. I'm just, you know just joking around. Um, I love this word, and the reason we do Word of the Week is because this is a self-improvement podcast, and I think that self-improvement comes from not one facet, but a lot of different things, and one of the ways that we feel better about ourselves is just sounding good. And who doesn't love to throw out a good word? So here's your challenge. Use sumptuous in a sentence this week. It's going to be my new fucking favorite word. Everything I want to do is sumptuous from now on. I want my whole life to be sumptuous. Okay, now let's get into the M I D assholes because like literally we only have time for one. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Am I the asshole for not giving closure after nine months of no contact? Hi, Reddit. I had a toxic relationship with this guy for a year, and I tried really hard to make it work until I had had until a I had had enough and decided it was better for both of us to call it quits. Oh, my God. Can't speak today. Um, When I broke it off, didn't come as a surprise. I said my goodbyes and ended with saying I'm going to block him on our main contact points going forward. Not out of hate, but to prevent contact so we would not end up reconciling. Great choice. I'm so fucking proud. He was unhappy but said okay. Then said you better not block me on everything. Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. None of which I use. And said "Uh, I'll just block you on our main apps. What are your main apps? Like are you using things other than texting? I'm so fascinated by how these people communicate. But that's neither here nor there. Um, We finished and I blocked him. He... Kind of had a selective memory when he gets stressed. So a week later, he left voicemails from different slash restricted numbers saying, why have you blocked me? What the fuck? I didn't want to go through it all again. So I ignored it. It's been nine months since, during which time he's called me obsessively intermittently. Sometimes there's no contact for a few months, then suddenly 20 missed calls from restricted different phone numbers. Um, accompanied with voicemails from him. A period of silence, then a call from front desk of my apartment that someone's there trying to see me and get to my door with more restricted calls. Holy shit. Then I start getting one set deposits into my Venmo every day with messages that he'll keep sending daily sent until he runs out. Remainders of his remaining funds in his Venmo or weird poems. Then a snail mail letter and so on. After the time he physically showed up to my home whenever his school had break, I refused to go out onto the street unnecessarily in fear that he's out there waiting. Holy shit, I feel so bad. Lately, his voicemails are that he's been trying hard to contact me and can I please talk to him and need to unblock him and we need to end on a better note and that he's going crazy because of this etc there was essentially the voicemail he left and that that was essentially the voicemail he left an hour ago he's been on a streak the past four weeks on one hand I know I'm not an asshole for not picking up right I already said once I'm going to block him and a final goodbye his selective memory isn't my problem so I don't know anything more than that right but he's at the same but at the same time he's so stressed for nine months and he's desperately pleading for dot 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 closure maybe I can end it all my misery and his misery if I just pick up and say another goodbye But I do not want to talk to him. I just don't. I really, really, really don't want to talk to him. The aversion to talking to him has now been piled unreasonably high to the point where I don't care what the right thing to do is. I just don't want to say a single word. I'm starting to feel like an utter asshole for not doing the mature thing and simply picking up to reiterate my boundaries and simultaneously giving him reclosure. But logically, I don't know anymore. Am I the asshole if I continue to refuse to pick up the phone and potentially end everyone's misery with a few words. Absolutely not. You are not the asshole here. First of all, I just want to say this is how someone who is securely attached breaks up, right? You end things, you have a conversation, you're clear, you communicate, you communicate your boundaries, and then you enforce them. I'm going to block you. We shouldn't talk anymore. This isn't because I don't like you, but because I don't want to do the tumultuous, toxic, getting back together, breaking up thing again. We're done. We're both better off without each other. And we are not going to go through the song and dance anymore. And we're done kudos to you. Um, No, you're not the asshole. No, it wouldn't be easier for everyone. And here's how I know it wouldn't. This wouldn't end if you answered. This would not end if you answered. Like this man, I don't know what his issue is. Quite frankly, I think should get a restraining order. Like I wouldn't, you know what I would do actually? This is exactly what I would do. I would One time when he reaches out to you, just respond and be like, hey, this is the only time I'm going to respond to you. I've communicated to you that I don't want to hear from you and that I was going to block you. And you've continued to ignore that. You've shown up at my house. You've called me. You've texted. You've left voicemails. You've sent emails. You've sent letters incessantly. I've never responded. I'm just responding this one time to let you know that if you do Anything else, even one time, I will get a restraining order. Boom, that's it. And then never respond again. And if he does something, actually get that restraining order. That's exactly what I would do. Now, I want to take it a little bit broader and talk a little bit about closure because I think there's this myth out there. Of, I think closure as a concept is myth and the way that we talk about closure like oh I just need closure I just want closure blah blah, blah. no one needs or wants closure what we really want is to stop feeling the pain that we're feeling when something ends and so we we um what's the word i'm looking for not dilute um we d- d- <laughs> should we go back to word of the week um we delude 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 ourselves into thinking that what we want is closure but that's not like there is no like closure doesn't exist right? I mean, a breakup talk, I guess you could say is some level of closure, but it really doesn't exist. When we say every single time I've said I want closure, I heard someone else say they want closure. Without fail, we're just in pain. And so we think that doing something is going to change that pain. But the thing is, like, it never really does. Like, it's kind of like, um, It's kind of I don't I don't know. I can't I actually can't think of a good analogy. It's kind of like um, have you ever been in kind of a bingey phase with eating where you just like it's like you can't get satisfied and you just keep eating more and you're like, Oh, I'm just gonna have this piece of chocolate and then that's gonna satisfy me, but then you keep eating more shit and nothing is satisfying you because it's not about what's happening here. There's deeper issues going on, and so when we think we want closure. It doesn't exist. There is no closure. It's never going to happen. So I say this because I think the vast majority of the people listening to this podcast are more in the boyfriend side. And I'm not saying you guys are crazy stalkers at all. I'm just saying like we all have a history of kind of anxious attachment for the most part. People like this community for the most part is kind of anxiously attached. And we think that we want closure, right? Like I got a DM a couple weeks ago from this girl who was seeing this guy who told her like he didn't want a relationship they had sex um oh he they had sex and then he told her he didn't want a relationship and she's like but like I didn't understand like did he realize he didn't want a relationship before we had sex or after we had sex and like blah blah and I just want closure I was like nah girl you don't want closure you don't get what difference does it make if he knew that he didn't want a relationship before or after the point is he doesn't want to fucking be with you And you're driving yourself crazy. You're like coming up with these scenarios like you're thinking you're lying to yourself thinking like, oh, if I just had the answer to this question, then I would be good. But that's not real. You don't want the answer to that question. What you really want is for someone to make you feel. Feel like you're lovable, for someone to take away the pain and the insecurity that you're feeling, but no one else is going to do that. The only person who's capable of rescuing you is you. So instead of like yearning for closure, that's why I actually made the communication NRP within the blush Academy, the neural rewiring practice. Anytime that you think you want closure or you just want to say something or you just want to get something off your chest, go do the communication NRP instead, because that's actually going to get you somewhere. That's actually going to rewire your subconscious mind and make you more confident and give you what you need, because no conversation is ever going to do that. Closure is a myth. It's not a real thing. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Am I the asshole for wanting to break up with my girlfriend for no real reason? So background here. We met around two and a half months ago on Tinder and started a relationship a few weeks after that. We go to separate schools but live close enough that it's no problem to see her whenever I want and vice versa. Really the relationship is going great. I like her and while I obviously don't speak for her it seems like she likes me. I guess to be complete I'll include this. I was a virgin before I met her. She wasn't. And we've had sex a bunch since we started dating. The sex is good, obviously, for me, and I think for her as well. Probably not, honestly, but that's that's neither here nor there. The reason I want to break up with her is I just know that I'm not going to marry her. She's great, but I see this as a fun relationship that will at maximum end after college. A year and a half more for me. Also, she has a few personality traits that get on my nerves. I attribute this more to us being slightly incompatible or me being a jerk rather than her being annoying, but the effect on me is the same. Wow, what a self-aware king. I want to clarify that I did genuinely get into this relationship for the right reasons. I liked her, love of my life, and all that. But now I see this isn't going to be a permanent thing, and I feel inclined to cut my losses and move on. I don't want to break up with her without having a genuine reason why, as I still very much enjoy being with her I'm just afraid that I'm going to sink so much time into her that I won't want to end it on the other hand if I don't break up with her am I just using her for intimacy when we could both be looking for more compatible partners no no you are not the asshole in fact I think you're a very kind and compassionate person and so many people in your shoes would be like good enough like it's great and the fact I have so many friends who are kind of in your shoes right now who are in relationships that they know aren't going to last, but they're comfortable and they're fulfilled and they're just keeping it going because they don't want to be alone and they can't face the pain of the breakup. So kudos to you. I don't think you need any fucking reason to break up with someone ever other than I don't want to be with you. That's it. That's enough of a reason. That is enough of a fucking reason. Like I'm trying to think of an analogy, but I guess my mind is blank today with analogies, which is crazy because I think one thing I'm really known for both here and also in my real life, like in my personal day-to-day life, is just making a lot of analogies. Like That's kind of my thing, but I can't really seem to think of any. I guess it's like like, like, let's say someone offered you escargot and you just don't want to eat it. That's enough of a reason to not eat it. And it's the same thing here. I think if you don't, like if you just don't, like you don't need a particular reason, you're just not feeling it and that's fine. And yeah, I do think staying with someone that you know you don't want to be with just because it's comfortable and easy is actually kind of fucked up with one caveat. If you're really honest about that, if you're like, hey, I don't see this going anywhere, It's fun and it's comfortable for me right now, but I genuinely really, really don't believe that we're going to end up together and they just decide to ignore you and go with it, then it's really no longer on you. Although I still think it's best for everyone if you exit relationships when you know that you don't want to be in them anymore. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Am I the asshole for using dating apps for validation purposes only? I'm a 22-year-old woman and I'm insecure. I was an ugly duckling and overweight for the entirety of my childhood and teenage years. I adored my beautiful friends, but I was obviously, but I was the obvious duff, D-U-F-F. It's in all caps. What the fuck is a duff? I'm going to look it up. Maybe we should make that word of the week um duff of very poor quality is it like a slang acronym or something um designated ugly fat friend oh oh my heart okay but i was the duff everyone I was interested in romantically always liked one of my friends better needless to say I have a lot of baggage and relationships with not feeling worthy of my partners and have attached an unhealthy amount of importance to validation from males it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I lost weight after years of struggling with d- eating disorders and recovering and puberty finally finished the job on my facial features <laughs> Listen, you might be the deaf, but you're kind of fucking funny. (laughs) Um, I'm by no means drop dead gorgeous, but I'd say I'm at least average. So like many other insecure young adults who struggle to date, I downloaded Tinder. I took my best pictures, filtered the absolute shit out of them and began swiping. I use it a little more than my fair share. And by now I have over 600 matches. Holy shit. The thing is, I don't use it to connect with people. I match, wait for them to message me soak up the validation that somewhere out there is a man that might want to fuck me. Yes, I know a lot of straight men would fuck a McChicken sandwich. (laughs) Listen, again, you might be a dub, but you're funny. But the message would the messages prove that they would also fuck me. I don't respond 90% of the time unless it's to have a one-time conversation about my favorite TV show or something. I never insinuate that I'll meet up with them. Sometimes I feel bad if people double message me when I don't respond. I told my friends about it and they think I'm a total asshole for leading people on and they say I'm potentially hurting other people's self-esteem but I don't really see the harm in leaving a few horny 20-somethings hanging on a dating app where there's million other girls for them to talk to so am I the asshole no um I don't I don't think the stakes are that high here like you said you're really just matching with people and then kind of ignoring them or having a brief conversation about nothing and ignoring them you're not implying you're into them you're not implying you want to meet up with them I don't think this is that big of a deal Here's what I do think, though. I don't think you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish this way. What you want to accomplish is to feel good about yourself. And no amount of other people validating you is ever going to make you truly feel good about yourself. That is an inside job. You have to accomplish it. You have to set goals for yourself and meet them. You have to, you know, set standards set. Like, that is setting goals and achieving them is kind of the one of the only ways out there to raise your self-esteem. And by goals, I don't mean like running a marathon or whatever. They could be anything. It could be like, I just want to start getting out of bed earlier. I want to accomplish more with my days. I want to start eating a bit healthier. I want to stop flaking on people. Whatever these agreements are and really start small, but start meeting them. That's actually how you feel better about yourself. That's actually how you grow self-esteem. It's by it's by really having boundaries with yourself and staying within those boundaries. Now, the other side of this is that you have a lot of unresolved trauma around this. It's actually very analogous, I would say, to me in preschool with Leia and Yelena, right? Like it's, it's a similar type of unresolved trauma. So what I would really recommend to this person is, is actually going in in a subconscious state. Maybe she can contact Brittany Foote and do a nice hypnotism session where she kind of gets rid of the emotional charge of all of these experiences growing up as the friend who didn't feel attractive and who wasn't, you know, the conventionally attractive in the mainstream kind of way and was constantly being ignored and looked over and, you know, kind of maybe felt a bit invisible and a taking the sting out of those experiences. So using some kind of trauma therapy. But then what I would really recommend to this person is. Going in in a hypnotic state and visualizing a different type of childhood and one where maybe she was really beautiful in a conventional sense or maybe one where she looked the exact same, but it didn't impact her in this way. She still got attention. She was still seen. She was still heard. She was still accepted as one of. I don't know what would actually help for this person. I would honestly try it both ways and maybe any other way and see what works and then really imprint in your brain a sense of belonging a sense of being one of a sense of being seen a sense of feeling good about yourself because this what she's doing is really analogous to sitting in the mirror and telling herself like I'm beautiful I'm liked I'm lovable I'm desirable. It's not going to make a difference whether you're saying it to yourself in a mirror or someone else is saying it to you over and over and over again. If you don't actually believe it on a subconscious level, it doesn't fucking matter. It makes no difference. You can say affirmations till you're blue in the face. You can be validated by other people until they're blue in the face. All that's going to happen is like a weird version of blue man group, okay? Like you're not going to feel better about yourself. The only way to feel better about yourself is to actually sit and do the deep work, do the subconscious reprogramming, do the inner child work, really give yourself a new experience that will rewire your brain and change things. These are all surface level ways of going about things that are not going to do anything so that's my two cents on that um guys I think we need to wrap up because we've already gone over an hour I believe and I'm scared the camera will die and who knows how many bizarre tangents I could go on between now and the rest of the episode about dogs and people with fake names so Instead, let's wrap it up. Now, we like to end every episode with gratitude because it is scientifically proven to make you happier. And the way that it makes you happier actually is very in line with all the neuroplasticity talk from this episode. So basically what happens is when you're thinking about things to be grateful for, your brain is kind of scanning through your day, through your week, whatever time period you're doing it over and looking for the good things that happened. And it's the process of your brain scanning for the good that's actually strengthening the part of your brain that looks for good. So basically, it's like what we were talking about before. It's like that bicep curl. You're strengthening the part of your brain that looks for the good. And that actually makes you an optimistic person. And it's scientifically proven over time to make you happier. And that's important because happy people are happier (laughs) And that's it. Who doesn't want to be fucking happier? They're more enjoyable to be around. They're more productive. They're more successful. Happiness actually affects every element of your life, and anyone who's ever been depressed, like myself, can validate that. Um, but the real key is you never want to repeat yourself. You want to say three new things that you're grateful for every time. And I do recommend doing this every day. But I also invite you as you're listening, and as I list three new things that I'm grateful for this week, I. I invite you to list three new things that you're grateful for either today or this week. But the key is to never repeat yourself. Okay, I am grateful that um, Solid Core has free hair ties and like the really good, like the kind that I have on my wrist right now, the really thick kind that holds like the thickest kind of hair up. Um, it's my favorite kind of hair tie. I use them a lot. My boyfriend, Ozzy, uses them also. So we actually go through a lot of hair ties in my home. And every single day when I go to Solid Core, I take a new hair tie. And this is my way of trying to get my money's worth. And maybe over the course of 3585432 sessions, I will make my money back in hair ties. Um... <laughs> What else am I grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for this top. Um, I actually copied Jessica Gill of the Expanded Podcast with to be magnetic. She wore it on one of their live shows and then posted about it on Instagram. And I was like, that top is so my fucking vibe. And she's like, girl, you should get it. It's from Zara. And then the other day, I was walking by Zara and I was like, let me pop my head in. Lo and behold, they had one just one it happened to be in my size and it wasn't even like you could tell they didn't carry it like they didn't have a section for it it was just like in the middle of some other shit and I happened to find it and buy it and I'm so fucking grateful I have it I might order a few more of the same thing because I love it that's iconic it's sick I'm obsessed Um okay what else am I grateful for Oh, no, I think I've done that one before. Oh, I'm grateful for how strong I've gotten. I know I've only been going to solid core for literally a week and a half, but I've noticed such a s- tremendous difference in how strong I am. Like uh, it's it's shocking that it can take effect that quickly, but I've gotten so strong and it just makes me feel so good as someone who a year ago literally wasn't exercising at all to have come this far. I'm so fucking proud of myself and I'm so grateful. And yeah, it's it's one of those things like Like, no amount of other people telling me that I'm pretty or I have a good body or I'm smart or anything like that is going to make me feel good about myself. But me deciding that I want to start getting into exercise and then really starting small and really building this habit and then watching not only my body transform physically, like in terms of how I look, but seeing my body transform in terms of how strong I am and what I can accomplish, that is the fucking coolest feeling. Um, So yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And every week, always, I'm grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you listen. And I'm so grateful that I got to do this. So I love you guys. We have such a sick lineup for the rest of the the year and starting 2024 off with a kick and uh, I just want to do everything that I can to support you guys to the most, to the most, to the most. That's it. We started off weird. We're going to end weird. No, really. I love you guys so much. And on that note, if you could just take one second to rate, review, subscribe, leave a review, it helps so much. And then on top of that, if you could share this episode in your Instagram stories, it's so helpful. That's how the show grows. And that's how I can continue to dedicate everything that I have to the show. So if you could do it, I'd really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. And we will talk next week. Oh, and I want the so the last Tuesday of every month is a QA and a episode. I want to end the year with the most banging, sick Q&A episode humanly possible. So if you have any questions, make sure to submit them. We are going to round out the year in the best way ever. Um, Okay. I love you guys so much. We will talk next week. Bye Bye.